So thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Middle Tennessee and examining current events from a biblical perspective, this is Bible News Radio with your hosts, Randall and Stacy Harp. Hello. <laughs> you think doing this job is easy, don't you? <laughs> Randall's like... <clears throat> Anyway, hello everybody. Welcome to this episode of Bible News Radio. I'm glad you're here with me. This is going to be a good interview. I guarantee you. I have a dual interview today when I was at the Prophecy Watchers Conference Forum. Second annual Blessed Hope Prophecy Forum. Uh, What? Last week or something? (laughs) I don't know when it was. I forgot. A couple weeks ago if that. Anyway, uh, I had the opportunity to meet Pastor Billy Crone, and little did I know that Billy and Ryan Peterson are actually friends, and they were both there at the exact same time, so I got to interview both of them at the same time, so you guys are going to get to see that in this show, and if you know anything about Pastor Billy Crone, you know that he is a man on a mission from God. He came out of the New Age movement. Uh, he has been kind of a rising star, if you will, in the world of uh, Bible prophecy pastors. He teaches awesomely, and I just have to tell you <clears throat> that his church is in Las Vegas, I believe, and uh, he talks super fast. If you think I talk fast, he talks faster than I do, but you know what? He is on a mission to share the gospel with people so that they get saved in Jesus' name, amen, and then Ryan... Ryan actually has been on our show, I think, three times this year alone. He wrote the book, The Judgment of the Nephilim. And this was his first prophecy conference that he was at. Randall and I had the opportunity to meet him, got to meet his mom, and um, got to... Did I hear him speak? I can't remember. I think I did. Maybe I didn't. I can't remember. Anyway, anyway, both of them are in in the show today, so you guys are going to love the interview. And uh, so do me a favor, share this out if you didn't already share it out. Then the other thing we're going to do is we're going to talk about a couple of news stories, including one where our president, Donald Trump, had the nerve, I say, to declare that we have two genders. Mm-hmm. The LGBT activist community is not very happy about this. We'll talk about that. And also, the Freedom From Religion Foundation has decided that they want to continue to harass innocent people and other stuff. (laughs) What do you expect? The irony of it all is it's kind of their religion doing it. And then, of course, I'm going to give you some legal, uh, I'm going to give you some news. Yeah, I am about some new research or new statistical stuff coming out that talks about uh, the most the states that are most vulnerable to identity theft and fraud and I am actually surprised where Tennessee falls on the list because I live here in the buckle of the Bible belt where everybody's a Christian so it kind of makes you wonder why is fraud so rampant in Tennessee and why is (laughs) 
<laughs> why is why is identity theft so rampant? So we're going to talk about that, and I'm going to I'm going to share with you a couple stories also uh, having to do with with that. But first thing I want to do is thank all you guys for tuning in yesterday. Um, I want to tell you I had a great interview with Kim Chadwell. I got so much good feedback on that interview, you guys, that um, that I just want to remind you if you didn't see the interview yet. Uh, actually, I was a little bit disappointed. Not as many people tuned in for it, but the book here is called Dripping in Grace, and um, it, the subtitle or the top title is The True Story of Past Horror, Present Healing, and Permanent Grace. She talked about how to forgive, and you know, I was talking to my friend this, this afternoon, or, or actually she was talking to me, um, somebody who works in the field of therapy, and they were they were saying this this was one of the best books that they have heard about, and the testimony was so amazingly powerful that they want to share it in their uh, class and the college they teach at. So <clears throat> what I'm telling you is that if you didn't see that interview yesterday, please go back and watch it because it will change your life, I think, if you actually let God's word uh, penetrate your heart and, um, you know, go go deep. You know, let me tell you something. I'm just going to tell you this. I'm just going to share from my heart a minute. It is not easy to share um, honestly, you know, when you've been abused and you've been violated by somebody. Um, it is not easy to share that testimony. Hey, Chrissy, nice to see you, and Stephen, and Melanie, and Mia, and whoever else comes in later. Um, I'm not sure who's on um, Facebook. I'm going to go ahead and check out over here on Facebook, see if anybody's in yet. I know our show's been kind of spiked by both of these platforms, so hopefully <clears throat> a couple of people will be able to tune in. But it's not easy, you know, to share your story of recovery or abuse because, frankly, there's a lot of people out there who will mock you for it. Uh, they'll blame you for it. They'll accuse you uh, wrongly for things that you didn't do. Um, and, you know, I actually say this on the birthday of my perpetrator. You know, today happens to be the birthday of the man that molested me most of my childhood. And, you know, it's, it's, these things never, you don't forget them, right? You just, you don't forget the people who have hurt you, but you have to forgive them. And, you know, it's interesting because the Lord gives us that opportunity. And the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ is forgiveness, and yet it's amazing to me how little the church itself actually identifies and talks about forgiveness. We kind of sweep it under the rug like, oh, yeah, Jesus just died on the cross for our sin to give us forgiveness so that we can go to heaven. But we don't actually think about the price that he paid. You know, yesterday after the show, I was talking to Kim and I, uh, she, she made a comment about how um, <clears throat> Jesus didn't cry on the cross. Well, nowhere in the text does it say that he did, right? Um, I I don't know if he did or not. It doesn't say he did. I would think that a normal person would. <laughs> then again, he wasn't normal. Um, but here's the thing. He wept bitterly and he sweat drops of blood in the Garden of Gethsemane. And so this is something, you know, that Christ did because he loves us. He didn't do it because he had to do it. He did it because he wanted to do it. And there's a big, huge difference. And I know for me, uh, having 
gone through the recovery process that I went through and then being able to offer forgiveness to those who have committed sin against me, you know, definitely changed my life. You know, there's a lot of people, Christians in particular, who will walk around completely bitter and, you know, angry and all that. And you know what? That's not God. That's, that's not the fruit of, of being a Christian, walking around angry, bitter, unforgiving, you know, and like, like you want to kill somebody every single day, like you're on permanent PMS. That's not forgiveness, but real forgiveness. God sets you free. He gives you joy. And, you know, there is joy, there's peace and there's love. There's, you know, and, and he sanctifies you through his Holy Spirit, which gives us, you know, we have fruit of the Holy Spirit. Um, anyway, there's some other things I want to share with you later, but, but if you didn't see that interview, go back and watch it. Okay. Especially if you struggle in that area, you know, so, uh, I just wanted to share that with you. Uh, the other thing I want to share right off is let's go ahead and look at, um, <clears throat> the Trump administration, um, uh, in this article, because I got a number of emails about this and, um, you know, a lot of people are upset about this, but I think it's pretty cool. Actually, this is over on CBNnews.com. And um, <clears throat> it's titled Trump Administration Trying to Define, quote, transgender, unquote, out of existence. The Trump administration is attempting to do away with the official term of transgender by changing the definition of gender to one of biological condition determined at birth as either male or female. Now, before I even read the rest, let me just ask you something. Is this insane or what? That we even have to have this conversation, right? Seriously, is this insane? I mean, women, when they give birth, out comes a baby boy or a baby girl. Anybody in their right mind, aka sane mind, knows this, right? But the enemies of God, and there are a lot of them, have decided, oh no, that baby, you can't even define what it is based on its physical genitalia because, you know, gender is really in your brain. It's nowhere else. And that's such a line of hooey. <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. And yet it's amazing how many people have fallen hook, line, and sinker for it. And you know what happens when you fall for a hook and a sinker, right? You get caught and you get killed. You die. I mean, if you're a fish... <laughs> You know, you're dead, just so you know. Okay, anyway. <sighs> anyway, <clears throat> so it says here, according to a memo obtained by the New York Times, the Department of Health and Human Services is leading an effort to establish a legal definition of sex under Title IX, the federal civil rights law that bans discrimination on the basis of sex. Under it, a person's gender designation could not be changed once it was defined by the genitals a person is born with. <laughs> Under the Obama administration, the legal concept of gender was loosened through a series of decisions uh, recognizing gender as an individual choice and not one determined at birth. That's because the Obama administration was completely run by insane people. That's why. But anyway, that's beside the point. The police led, the, the rather the policy led, to legal challenges concerning bathrooms, dormitories, single-sex programs, and other areas where gender had previously been identified as either male or female. The newspaper reported an HHS spokeswoman declined comment on what she called, quote, allegedly leaked documents, unquote. 
but HHS officials said they were following a ruling by a Texas U.S. district judge as a guide to transgender policy. In 2016, Judge Reed O'Connor ruled on a challenge to provision in the Affordable Care Act, a.k.a. Obamacare, that forbade discrimination on the basis of race, color, sex, and other characteristics. He, he has written that Congress did not understand, quote, sex, unquote, to include, quote, gender identity, unquote. The court order remains in full force and effect today, and HHS is abiding by it as we continue to review the issue. Roger Severino, director of the HHS Office for Civil Rights, said in a statement, but the paper points out that other court decisions have gone in favor of the Obama administration's position. That was one of the reasons for the move for a new standard definition by HHS. The department's memo says the lack of a standalone definition allowed the Obama administration and courts to take advantage of the circumstance to include gender identity and sexual orientation in a multitude of agencies and under a multitude of laws, which in turn led to confusion and negative policy consequences in healthcare, education, and other federal contexts. HAS also called on major federal agencies to adopt its definition of gender, so it will be the same in various government regulations, <laughs> which will increase the likelihood that courts will accept it. <laughs> Do you realize how stupid this all is? I mean, seriously, that, that we even have to do this is dumb. I mean, I'm 50, okay? I can say now, I've been around for 50 long years, and in my life, I've seen some stupid things, but the very fact that we actually have to have the government come in now and define gender legally, like male and female, is ridiculous. And I know Randall wants to say something it looks like. So what do you want to, how do you want to weigh in, Bearface? I was just, uh, <laughs> I was just saying that you can kind of loud. And so, oh, yeah. But uh, you have every right to get loud because <laughs> apparently that's the way only, the only way that uh, some people will hear it. Uh, yeah, it's just that, that some law has to define that has to find sex and it has to find gender, you know, as, as biological gender. Uh, I mean, human history and, and human current, you know, the state of humanity, that there is a human history is all due to an objective standard, a biological standard of sex, of gender, whatever they're synonymous no no they're different <laughs> one's in your head one's assigned at birth and they're whatever an orientation it's just ridiculous i mean no. i mean i i have yeah, pity i have pity for those who have been confused um by the culture and by you know uh, activists and opportunists but you know rather than letting biology letting then objective science you know determine gender we now have to have you know codified into words so there's no ambiguity you know uh, as that last paragraph says or last sentence hhs also called on major federal agencies to adopt its definition of gender i.e the <laughs> what nature presents 
so that it will be the same in various government regulations, which would increase the likelihood that courts will accept it. I mean, next thing you know, we'll be having to have some definition of gravity so that courts will accept it. By gravity, I don't mean <laughs> seriousness or something that's, you know, sobering. Gravity, like, important, but you know, about the attraction of masses one to another, like, you know, you, that allows you to adhere to the Earth's surface and that sort of thing. You know, that's that seems to be an objective fact of science and of nature, but who knows if if we have to come up with some codified definition of what gender is who knows maybe we'll have to have some definition of you know what, what gravity is or what daylight is or what warmth is and yeah yeah well you know um Stephen is asking a good question he says what if you were born without something so i'm i'm assuming what you mean by that is is what if you were born what what if your genitalia was kind of deformed or something is that basically what you're asking um that's kind of what i'm reading into what you're asking and the answer to that is that first of all in the in the rare extremely rare 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 extremely rare rare extremely rare event that that takes place um doctors can actually you know do surgery and things like that and they can they can actually fix that, and uh, they can test, they can do a, a genome test, they can test your, the genetics to find out, you know, um, what what the proper gender would be, right? So there's, there are different, there are definitely medical alternatives that can actually address that, but that's generally a question that's asked by people who advocate that there's all these different genders, and, you know, here's here's what I know. We live in a sensic fallen world. That's yeah. true. We there are genetic birth defects that unfortunately come out as a result of that, right? Um, you know, Down syndrome is one of those. You know, people actually advocate killing babies with Down syndrome. It's really irritating because those are some of the most gentle, sweet people you'll ever meet in the world. Um, and yet, and thank God, I think it was Gerber actually did a you know, did a little Down syndrome baby on one of their, their uh, baby ads not too long ago, baby food ads not too long ago. We just have to remember that God is sovereign and, you know, there is a, uh, there is a way to deal with that issue. Um, so it's no reason to say, oh, well, that's not really true that there's male and female because it, it is true. There is only male and female. And those who are, quote, trying to transition from one gender to another, that's the only gender they're transitioning to is the opposite one. So there's male and female, regardless if they're trying to flip from one gender to another, which you'll never be able to do because you just can't. Yeah, yeah. why not a third or a fourth gender? You know, when it comes to, they talk about all these different genders, cis that and trans that, but at the end of the day, when there's a, an identity issue, a gender identity, they're conforming to one or the other, male or female. Right. And I like what you brought up about genome, you know, because while sex organs are important, uh, I wouldn't say in determining sex, but at least, uh, you know, with puberty and, um, and that sort of whole thing and sexual maturation, uh, 
gender is determined at the cellular level. I mean, you have a Y chromosome or you don't. Whether it's, you know, in those very, very, very odd cases where it's XXY or, you know, uh, you know, but there's, if there's a Y, you're male. And, um, and to fight against that is, is really harmful to your body. Um, and Jordan Williams over on Facebook is asking, oh, so you're a Trump supporter? I guess that depends on whom you're asking whether yeah (laughs) well here let me just add another thing and then we got to get to the interview with billy oh yeah we don't want to let the time get away the the other thing too is this is the other thing um you guys remember uh joshua alcorn do you know who that is i do you do but Uh the question is how many of them do if you don't know who joshua alcorn is i'll tell you who he was he was a young man who committed suicide uh by jumping essentially in front of a in front of a bus i think it was i believe it was a truck like an 18 wheeler anyway it was a big vehicle he jumped in front of and he got he got killed okay that's an extremely man way and a very violent way to die because typically when males attempt suicide they do it in the most violent way possible women when they attempt suicide usually it's drugs okay or you know overdoses and things like that when men attempt it it's it's usually in a very violent way well if you don't know who joshua uh, alcorn was he was a young man who transitioned or was wanting to transition to be a girl uh and the and the liberal and the lgbt media picked this up and they called him layla from there on out there are very few articles actually about joshua even that that was his real name but there are a gazillion about Leela, and even in his suicide, he acted like a guy, not a girl. So that's just something to think about. Okay, I'm going to get to some of the other news in a minute, but we have this really, really cool interview with Pastor Billy Crone, who is pastor of a church over in Las Vegas, and then uh, Ryan Peterson, who is the author of The Judgment of the Nephilim, uh, who's been on our show numerous times. This was actually uh, recorded at the Prophecy Conference, and Randall said it's probably about 23 minutes long. Um, and I hope you I hope you enjoy it. This is going to be my first time seeing it uh, since I interviewed them. Um, I was joking around with Billy because I had his name tag. And anyway, I think you'll I think you'll enjoy the interview. I'm trying to remember if we talked about UFOs, but I hope we did because we put it in the title of the show. <laughs> so so go ahead, Randall, and you can can roll the footage there you go. all right okay hey everybody now check this out two for one two for one yes ebony and ivory absolutely stand together in perfect harmony <laughs> spirit of paul mccartney so love you isn't it <laughs> <laughs> i want to guess that spirit out of you so you scared me so. i thought it was stevie wonder really yeah but didn't he sing it with stevie wonder i don't know yeah, yeah it was a duet i'm not that old it was a duet unfortunately was... that's for some reason stuck really? in my head from the pre-jesus days uh, now you brought it up and what were we talking about i don't remember yeah okay, okay anyway everybody this is, this is pastor billy crone get a life just yeah. saying and Ryan Peterson, the Nephilim dude, who actually was on our show three times this year already. And uh, last year, we, me and Billy were like, Pfft. and that was it. This yeah. year, it's a, it, there's not as many people here for some reason. I don't know why. And look at that. There's no swarm around him. Yeah. I can actually talk to you. Yeah. Really well, nice. speaking of the Nephilim, have you noticed, obviously, the reason why I'm here to bring out this point, apparently, mm-hmm. 
uh, as to why Ryan did his great work on the Nephilim. It's a great book. With my stature, and he, you know, he's obviously of the lineage, <laughs> so we've got, it was a dry year when they plucked me, yeah. you know, it's, there was a water crisis, you know, so anyway, I don't have any Nephilim genes. <laughs> Go ahead. You got me going on the Baltimore Garden thing. Oh, it's so hard. Yeah. Okay, so if people don't know who you are, which there might be a couple of my audience because it's a unique yeah. audience of mine. Right. Uh, you want to tell them who you are? Uh, Bill Crone from uh, Las Vegas, Get a Life Ministries, uh, and uh, Reaching the World for Jesus Christ, One Piece of Media at a Time. That's our tagline. Pastor Church in Las Vegas, Sunrise Bible Church, sunriselv.com. Check us out, and uh, that's, that's the story. I told him I could take his tag, and only if I got an interview, I'd give it back. Yeah. He doesn't pressure it. Okay, and Ryan, first time like on the scene here. Is this yes. Your, is, this your very, is this your very first prophecy book that you did? This is my first prophecy book and my first book. book. Yeah. Your first book? Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I should know this. I've already talked mm-hmm. to you. Like, <laughs> Several times, two or three. Yes. <laughs> this year okay so what are you speaking on right now at uh lord will tomorrow i'll be speaking on the uh, super signs of god's coming judgment yes. mm-hmm. it's uplifting no. i mean what well, is uplifting if you're a christian it's just signs that the uh, rapture is getting as close as it's ever been we don't know the date or they are is it part of that creepy presentation like you wasn't did that, that funny that i was, was behind the curtain and, and it was like yeah. okay i got introduced as the creep so <laughs> but anyway but i'll take it but, but it's, a, it's a good creep. Yeah. Now, it, it is news creep. of God's coming judgment, i.e. the seven-year tribulation, should creep you out. Yes. It should be scary if you're not a Christian. Right. Now, if you are a Christian, it shouldn't creep you out. It shouldn't be scary. It should excite you. Sorry. Uh, because it's just signs that uh, the seven-year tribulation is getting close. The rapture, which happens prior, therefore, logically, is even more imminent than ever before. So right. uh, that, that's the exciting thing. But anyway, so I'm speaking on super signs of God's coming judgment, kind of a, uh, a smattering of Matthew 24, dealing with the wars, rumors of wars, uh, pestilence, famous earthquakes, that kind of issue. The super signs uh, that it's getting close. Uh, Lord willing, Sunday we'll be talking about UFOs in the Bible. Uh, how does all that fit? What's going on with aliens and what's their identity? What are they up to? Why are they ticking around the planet and stuff of that nature? Uh, and then, Lord willing, at a lunch, we'll be speaking on the amazing Millennial Kingdom. That's cool. Uh, which is neat. I really like love that. talking about like that, that topic because a lot of Christians... That's uh, cool. Just saying. Sorry. A lot of Christians, that's okay. Uh, really don't... You know, it's like, when's the last time you heard a sermon on not just hell, but even on heaven? It's like everybody's just so consumed with this selfism, self-love, self-esteem, and how to be a better you and all that stuff. It's like, well, you know, so a lot of Christians, they'll know some things about heaven, but it seems like the church... One of the things, which is our future, by the way, that we're really ill-equipped on is the Millennial Kingdom. Right. We don't just go to the heaven after the rapture. We come back to the planet to reign. Yeah, with yeah. Christ on a renovated planet. It's going to be awesome. Amen. Anyway, so that's what Lord Wall. That's very cool. Okay, so let me ask you about the whole UFO thing. Because um, recently I was talking to some friends who are Christians. Yeah. They love the Lord. Sorry. They... <laughs> I gotta remember this is for, this is for my show. Usually I look at the camera. Oh, gotcha. Anyway, they they love the Lord and you know and I was trying to explain to them the whole UFO phenomena and like how this would be maybe possibly an answer that the world would give yeah. uh, to the sudden disappearance of the church. And my question is, why do you think that pastors today won't even touch this, even though sci-fi and all that and all these people like totally are into it? Yeah. Well. <laughs> Part of that, that summation, and that's ultimately what I'll get to, Lord One, in uh, tomorrow's study, 
uh, amongst other evidences that there's a demonic deception custom tailored for the last days. But where it's leading to, amongst other things, not only leading people away from the truth, leading them away from God, from Christ, leading them into the occult and new age, the demonic lies. Um, but they are preparing people to explain away the rapture of the church. That when that they don't doubt that that's coming, there's going to be quote disappearance of millions of people. But they say, don't worry. It's the Space Brothers orbiting the planet. They're the reason why. They've been beamed up into our spaceship. So that's not just a lie. That's a custom-tailored, brilliant lie, to use that word, uh, in these last days. There's more people today believe in UFOs in America. This is America. They believe in UFOs. More people believe in UFOs than they do in the existence of God. More people in America... Really? Yes. Wow, statistics. More people believe wow. also that aliens have visited planet Earth than that Jesus is the Son of God. I didn't so know that either. So, like it, believe it or not, our world is enthralled with this, and it is leading somewhere. It's the ultimate excuse to explain what happens to the church. Now, why won't shepherds, so-called shepherds, uh, talk about this is because of another thing that's going on, and it stems back, which I believe is aiding to the apostasy that Paul talked about as a sign in the last days, that in the last days the church would gather around themselves, what? Teachers who will tickle their ears and uh, who will turn aside from the truth and turn to myths. Tickle your ears in the Greek is kinetho, it means only pleasant things. Myth is muthos in the Greek, it means stories made up, so stir it up. How do you know that you're living in the last days? Not just pay attention to the world, the deception, the lies, the earthquakes, the famines, the wars, all that stuff. Look inside the so-called church, and when you see the trend in the church is all you ever get from the pulpit is basically pleasant things and stories made up, you're in the last days. That's the church today. And where that came from, a lot of that came from, was a horrible movement in the church that started at least 25 years ago called the church growth movement. And basically the mindset in a nutshell is to not preach the word of God because you want people to like you. And, yeah. and, and they redefine a successful church. A successful church isn't a spiritual church, which is what Jesus said, Matthew 28, when he said, he said, go into all the world and make disciples, that's methetes in the Greek, disciplined learner of what? The Word, word of God. Right, so right. Jesus said, when he left the earth, go out there and make disciplined learners of the Word of God. That's, that's, a, that's the successful church, according to Jesus. No, no, no. A successful church today has nothing to do with being a disciplined learner of God's Word, preaching God's Word, all of it, including prophecy, which makes up about a third of the Bible. Right. But a successful church is all about numbers. Well, how do you get numbers? And they don't care. Save or unsaved. I don't care. And, and so that's the new way of doing church. And so... The, they, and they've been told, so you need to stick to things that are only pleasant. I don't care if it's just a bunch of stories made up. That's what will keep the people coming. And that'll crank up your numbers. Because even the lost likes to feel religious. Right. Our True. flesh loves self-righteousness. Well, I went to church services today. It doesn't mean it's godly. It didn't mean that you heard the word of God. It don't even mean that they even have uh, I live the Bible. in Tennessee. Right. But, th- but that's which, where it's coming from. Which, and so yeah. to, to then sit there and go... Uh, oh, by the way, let's talk about the demonic deception with UFOs and aliens in the last days. They look at you like you're the one. Right. Well, and well, not only that, but you mentioned that the seeker-sensitive movement, basically yeah. that that thing. I mean, Bill Hybels stepped down recently because of sexual issues and uh, all that stuff. And mm-hmm. and I actually, I don't know if you agree with me, but I actually think that God is judging mm-hmm. certain people. He's exposing them. And uh, and all that, and and it it bothers me mm-hmm. because people that I see, um, you know, struggling in ministry are actually those, you know, who are actually preaching the word. Generally speaking. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because I try to explain this 
any opportunity I can get. That passage I just quoted to you from Paul to Timothy about the, the, the teachers, you know, gather around themselves, teachers who will tickle their ears. Right? Mm-hmm. I believe that's being, we're seeing that happen, right? Right, yeah. But there's two sides to that because we get emails, phone calls, and you're familiar with it, I'm sure, right? It's just like, man, it, what, what do people say? It's hard to find a healthy church. I can't yeah. find a healthy church. Do you know of a church in my all area? It's just like, man, yeah. it's just every week, all the time, phone calls, emails, you name it. And it's the same sad story. And then they say, the pastors won't preach it. The pastor won't preach it. They won't touch it. I try to get the pastor. They, my, even my Sunday school teachers, they, the teachers of the church, they won't touch this. They won't teach on prophecy. They won't talk about God's wrath or hell or seven years. They won't talk about any of this stuff. Yes, and I call those guys hirelings. Right, and, and what I say in a healthy church sense, if your pastor refuses to preach on prophecy, which is about approximately one third of the Bible, let alone other things that you need to hear about sin, repentance, backsliding, you know, all the good classic, which right. is for our good. Right. Amen. There's not one thing in the scripture that's for our bad. All of God's word is for our good. But if you got a guy that basically says, "I supposedly love you, but I'm not going to teach you all the Bible. In fact, a major portion of the Bible, and frankly, most of the Bible." What should the church do? Kick the guy out. But churches won't do that. Why? Why? Because there's two things going on with that passage. Yes, unfortunately, there's hirelings out there. There's pastors, so-called shepherds, who will not preach the truth of God's word. But what did that text start off with? What's the context? The context is the church. The church will gather around themselves, those teachers. So where is the impetus for these hirelings in the first place? It's coming from the church. So it isn't just, yes, unfortunately, pastors have sold out, so-called shepherds, hirelings, but the church will only hire those guys. And I can attest to that. I can tell you stories of pastors who do get convicted saying, wow, I was wrong. I I fell for the church growth movement, the seeker sensitive thing, and and I'm supposed to be preaching the whole council of God. You know what happens to those guys? They get fired. Right. And you know what is so bad today? The church is so enthralled with that cookie cutter. It's all about numbers, numbers, numbers. That's a successful church today. It's it's going from denomination headquarters. It's spilling down. Even if you could somehow make it out of a Bible college or seminary that's not infected with that law, you're still going to get it from the denominational headquarters. They just cram it down your throat. That's how you're supposed to do it. That's how you're supposed to do it. And if you don't do it, and if you don't have big numbers like everybody else, you're an insignificant small guy. It's just, it's, so even if you can't do that, the problem is the churches have bought into that. And the churches will only hire those guys. That's, that's, a great, that's a great point. No, but that's what the text says. Mm-hmm. And, and I try to that's remind that because a lot of the shepherds get the the, the raw end of the deal. And, and it is true. There's a bunch that have sold out. But there's two sides to that. It's also, there because here's the deal. There are still faithful men who will preach the word of God. Amen. Yeah. Absolutely. But guess what? Have fun trying to find a church that will hire you. Right. That's a good point. Well, and I'm thinking in the, in the context of Christian media, mm-hmm. I've been doing this for 15 years. And, and yet I get invited, like Bob invited me to come and do this again. And he's, he's like, are you going to come back? I'm like, are you allowed? Can I come back for free? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, I only raised half the money. I, I was trying to raise 1500 bucks for this for this trip. I only was able to get 700 given to me. Yeah. And I thought, whatever, I'm still going to go in faith and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do what God called me to do and be able to be there in the remnant because I know for whatever reason yeah. I'm I still have this favor and my audience wants this. Yeah. You know? So it's it's a to me and, and then of course I get to meet Ryan in person, yes. which is so cool. Yes. And you, you wrote about the Nephilim which Again, most pastors don't talk about this. But let me get, before we get to that, let me ask you this. How do you refute the idea that what you what you guys are doing and talking about is the tickling ears? 
how do we refute it? How do you refute that when some people go, oh, well, you people are, who are in the Bible prophecy and the UFOs and all that, all you're doing is tickling ears in order to get that fringe thing. No, here's the deal. What did you preface it? It's what prophecy? Bible, Bible prophecy. You know what we're doing? We're teaching the Bible. Okay. The reason why it might sound foreign to people is because, guess what? You're not being taught the Bible. But as a faithful teacher of God's Word, you're supposed to teach all of it. And when you teach all of it, you're going to come across issues like the Nephilim. What do you do? Just skip over it? No. If you're faithful to the Word, you've got to deal with it. There you go. Great answer. Because I know somebody would say that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It always comes back to the Word to the word. Are you preaching the word? Are you teaching the word? And that will cut through like a sharp two-edged sword any argument that's from the apostate church or heretical arguments. Yeah, that's true. Okay. This man preaches the Bible, by the way. Oh, oh, I've been to his services. I've, I've listened to all of it. I mean, all these good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, what can I got for five? Still good Actually, you know what really like what stands out to me about some of your stuff is I like, I mean, you're a affable, jovial guy. Yeah. Right? You have a similar personality to me. You know, what's up with that getting saved thing, man? You're supposed to walk around. Yeah. It's well, a chore to be a Christian. Yes. I have people. You only save me come, from eternal damnation come, hell, I guess. They come on my show and they're like, you're so happy. And I'm like, when you realize what Christ has done for us, give yeah. me a break. How, how could that ever get old? He's rescued you from eternal damnation hell, from fire and torment and weeping and gnashing teeth for all eternity. And then somehow you walk around and act like with your countenance, Mr. and Mrs. Christian, all that. respect that you're, what your diet consists of, sour lemons, pickles, and brooms. That's not a good advertisement for Jesus. Yeah. But to me, it's like, where is your countenance? Your countenance reflects what's going on in your mind. And you need to put God's word in your mind. And when you realize what God has done for us, he saved us from hell, but nobody has a brighter future than this. What are we talking about? A lot of prophecy. It's a future thing. Nobody has a brighter future than the church. When you realize that when we get raptured, which means we're saved, rescued from, not appointed unto God's wrath, the seven-year tribulation, let alone hell, how could you not get excited about that, number one? Which is why Paul says, not once but twice there, encourage one another with these words, but when the rapture happens, where do we go? Walmart? No. No, praise God. No offense to Walmart. But anyway, <laughs> we're going to heaven. Yeah. We're really going to heaven. It's not make believe. It's not high in the sky. Right. Oh, and by the way, at the end of the seven year tribulation, what happens? We come back with Jesus, Revelation 19, to be a part of the millennial kingdom where the planet gets renovated into Garden of Eden like conditions. It's going to be awesome. Longevity of life for those who are in the millennium with the natural bodies. But we have peace with nature. Right. I mean, it's, it's going to be. This is really what Christ has won for us. And then you and we haven't talked about the new heaven, the new earth. It's just. That's going to be so cool. Why would we walk around as Christians? I know. I know. I know. But that's, you know, the sourpuss Christianity is kind of what a lot of people get. Yeah. So now you talk about Nephilim, which, you know. I've read your book. I think it's awesome. Thank you. Um, you. As you know, because I've had you back three times this year (laughs) on my show. But the reason why is because so few people. I've been a Christian. Well, okay. I got saved in 1982, I think it was. I wasn't raised in the church. I was. This was in California. I actually had to go to Campus Crusade for a student venture on the high school campus I got saved on to go to church because my mom wouldn't let me go to church. Right. When I finally did get to go to church, they were teaching psychology garbage there. I wanted Bible study, and I was like, still on fire for God. They're like, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, haven't you read this book? This is totally not, this is awesome. Yeah. Anyway, and so I ended up doing this, but the Nephilim thing, talk, talk about that, because 
if you are conservative, you're not some weirdo, like, walking around, <laughs> you know, flailing, you know, anointing yes. yourself in oil and speaking in foreign tongues that aren't biblical. Right, no, no. You know what I'm saying. Yeah. You're, you're not some wacko. No, no. Well, it's been debated. I'm not you're, a wacko. You're an attorney by a train, no. train yes, right? Yes, yes, yeah. I am. And, and, you know, but, you know, at the end, it's, it's really... It's no different than what Billy's saying about Bible prophecy and or salvation, the gospel. It's about the Bible and studying it, teaching it, learning it, yeah. and the full in its proper context and, and and the full breadth of scripture. So Genesis six is a part of that. And I think that for me, it really I you know, although I might be leaned to a conservative side, the Bible's a supernatural book. I am fully on board with the supernatural interpretation of the Bible. A supernatural God, a supernatural salvation, a supernatural savior, and supernatural beings like, you know, or super or angelic beings exist. They're real. The Bible tells us that that's our true enemy. That's, that's who we are wrestling with, is those principalities, spiritual wickedness, and high places. And so, if you are following the Bible, if you are a true believer of the Bible, just as you believe in Adam and Eve, just as you believe in David and Goliath, you should believe that we are at a war right now, a spiritual one against angels, against demonic forces, and this goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden. And in Genesis 6, that's where it, it really hit a peak in terms of the fallen angels and the sons of God in Genesis 6 and their invasion into the human race through the Nephilim by taking human lives and having these hybrid beings who are overrunning the world with violence, with sin, and with genetic corruption. Yeah, and it sounds nuts, but then when you talk yeah. about the UFO thing, it makes complete sense. Definitely. And it, it drives me crazy that the church doesn't talk about it, but you got this whole sci- this gospel of science fiction out here brainwashing everybody. Absolutely. And, and the Nephilim, don't, don't, don't yeah. you know, we were, I was just uh, having a conversation about there are a number of TV shows, uh, movies, cartoons, book series, video games, video games that, that focus on the Nephilim, casting them as heroes. There is even yep. one um, series that actually if you go to the website and look up the kind of the backstory to the series it says that there was an angel whose blood was shed to save humanity and so they're really taking biblical elements and doing what does satan do twist god's word take a little bit of god's truth and twist it to lead people away and deceive them so yeah it's it's just like the sci-fi and the ufo movement being pushed onto society it's just now even the nephilim themselves are being pushed to pop culture it's crazy. I mean, it's crazy, but the devil it's, is smart. Well, you know, one thing, too, I like about with the defending the Genesis account, and uh, it helps, I think, explain the severity of the flood, God's judgment. But, but what is that time frame? God judged the planets. He really did. It was literal. Just like literal Nephilim. But guess what? The same God is literally going to judge this planet again. The next judgment coming is the seven-year tribulation. And we're not even talking about later in Peter uh, at the end of the millennial kingdom when there's a one final rebellion and then here comes the judgment by fire where the whole earth and the universe is burned up in a big old giant ball of flame. Right? God judged the planet once. He's going to do it again. Just as Noah and his family responded. Unfortunately, he wished more would have, but only eight people were left there. It's the same message we have today. Yeah. That, listen, you need to get in the ark of Jesus Christ. Amen. Right? And trust in him, because guess what? One day, the rapture is going to happen. Bang. And you're going to be left behind, and you'll be deluged for seven years under God's judgment. Yeah. 
it's going to be crazy. I mean, it's going to be Saturday. And that goes back to something that you also say when you're giving your messages is, you know, you think you've had a really bad day. <laughs> you ain't seen nothing. You haven't seen yeah. nothing yet because, yeah. right. you know, even your worst day here is going to be better than any hell day. Yeah, right. So. Yeah. But it's not a message of doom and gloom. I say this all the time. This is a wonderful, loving message from God. Why? Because if these events really were coming to the planet, then you'd think that God would give us a heads up if he's a God of love. Well, guess what? How long has he been telling us? And here's the signs. Here's another one. Here's another one. Here's another one. Here's another one. That I not only judge the planet once, I'm going to do it again. Here's what you can expect when it's getting close. I won't tell you the day or the hour because we'll move off and get lazy. Uh, but because he loves us. And, and again, if, if you're a born-again Christian, you don't need to be scared because we're not appointed unto the wrath. But guess what? It is a scary message if you're not saved. And that's the point. You need to love people enough, just like God did, and tell them the truth. Because if it translates with them accepting Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, praise God for that. I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, even when in the New Testament, when they talk about Noah building the ark in the days of the long-suffering of God. So God was, again, even being patient with the sinful world, not just with Noah, but with unbelievers, hoping for that repentance. So it is a glorious message. And what I want to bring out the most, because it can seem doom and gloom, it can seem dreary, and I know, like, my book is called, someone said, you know, what is it? It's like, what do you mean, judgment. like, judgment of the Nephilim? Of the Nephilim. But the book is about God's love for humanity, salvation, that God wants to preserve us, to save us, to bring us back to his family through the shed blood of Christ. So it's a glorious, happy message, and um, we should be excited about it. Yeah, you just got to be on the right side of the kingdom. Absolutely. <laughs> but Absolutely. that's, and that's a choice. God, you your choice. And hopefully you choose yes. Christ. So. Amen. Yeah. All right, okay, so tell uh, Ryan, go ahead, tell people where they can get your book, or your website, or wherever that sure. is. Sure. So again, uh, my name is Ryan Peterson, and you can find my book at judgmentofthenephilim.com or it's also available at Amazon uh, in paperback or Kindle and uh, my Facebook is just facebook.com backslash judgmentofthenephilim and Pastor Billy Crow uh, hey go to our uh, teaching website getalikemedia.com uh, getalikemedia.com uh, or you can just search for my name Billy Crone C-R-O-N-E on the internet and I'll take you where you need to go or, or Abscond of my badge. Yes. We'll talk about that big word abscond in a second. Christian. All right, and that's it. Okay. All right, I don't know if you guys can hear me. We were having a little bit of problems with our microphone. Um, I'm not, not sure. Not much what, level right I'm not now. not sure what happened here. I, got it. I have it turned up full blast. Testing, one, two, three. Hmm. Not sure what happened. Okay, now I can hear myself really well now. Maybe that's it. <laughs> How did you turn that one down? I don't know. Can you guys hear us? Put a one if you can hear us. Okay. All right. I'm going to take this out so I don't... So I'm not yelling in my head. Okay, so there there you go. That was a fun interview. It was um, a Pastor Billy Crone, which, by the way, last year, I couldn't get. He was, like, all over the place. So it was really a blessing to be able to uh, talk to him. And I have to say that it was kind of funny, the... Um, behind the scenes uh, issue with him was there was this guy that was trying to monopolize his time and he was trying to get away from him. <laughs> and uh, anyway, long story short, um, uh, he we ended up going by that wall where we were and then I introduced him and Ryan, but I didn't already know that, that Ryan and him knew each other. 
<laughs> so I was like, oh, you guys know each other? So I had intended on interviewing them separately, but since they were together, that's why we did it together. Uh, so I hope you enjoyed that. Um, they, they actually said a lot. And I think, I think um, you know, one of, the, one of the takeaways I personally got from that, and I do want to let you know that if you go to YouTube and you Google Billy Crone and UFOs, you'll be able to find a number of interviews that he's already done on that. Um, and you can, you can watch his teaching on it. Um, but when he said that more people in, in America believe in UFOs than, than in God, I was shocked by that. Because I thought, well, how the heck is that possible? You know, but we live in the end days. I mean, we are living in the end of the end days and the deception of the devil is rampant. People know it or people are blinded by it. And then Ryan, you know, he is, um, you know, he's, he's very conservative and straight laced as you saw. And I felt totally short next to both of them. I was like, Hey, <laughs> but anyway, um, you know, and so, you know, his book, if you guys haven't gotten that book, Judgment of Nephilim yet, you should go get it. It's a great book. Um, you know, he's, he's, I think he goes to a Baptist church. He's super conservative. So it's not like we're talking some, you know, crazy person out there who's trying to give you this information. It's actually out of the Bible and it's, it's real. But the problem is, is that there's a lot of people that don't bother reading the Bible and so they don't know that's in there. Anyway, we will have more um, interviews with the, the people that we interviewed at the Prophecy Watchers uh, forum. And don't forget, you can actually go over to prophecywatchers.com. You can actually get the, the, um, the, the, the live streaming that they're doing. Uh, it's still available. You guys can purchase that and watch all of the, the, uh, the messages that were given. So you guys can do that for sure. All right. So I, I also uh, wanted to tell you, um, really fast because we've got to take our break here. Uh, Ariel Ministries is our sponsor. And so if you haven't yet gotten your DVD set of the trip to Israel that, that we're offering, the historical tour of Israel, then you can go to ariel.org, use coupon code Bible News and get that. I would highly encourage it um, just for your own edification or, or a gift. And, you know, don't forget anytime you get anything from Ariel and you use that coupon code that just tells them that you appreciate uh, them sponsoring our show. And not only that, but you get good biblical stuff. So uh, do that. And uh, don't forget, if you go over to our website, BibleNewsRadio.com, you can download the free Bible study. It's called The Local Church uh, from Ariel. And you can get that. It's super good. Um, and... Uh, and also, I want to let you know that if you want to support Bible News Radio, um, Harvest House has uh, graciously partnered with me for a couple of months now, uh, starting this month. Um, and they are giving me the opportunity to give you guys a gift for your donation. So I actually have a whole bunch of books that they've donated to me uh, and that I will give to you in exchange for a donation of $20 or more to to us. Um, some of the books are parenting books. Uh, some are devotionals. Uh, I have a couple of children's books, but they're all brand new and most of them have not even been released to the public yet. Uh, so for a donation of $20 or more, uh, you let me know. Um, 
you know, when you donate this month, we'll go ahead and we'll give you one of these books that we got in here. We actually have some pretty cool, cute ones here. Uh, this is Austin Plays Fair by Tony and Lauren Dungey. So there's a couple of good children's books as well. Some of you have grandchildren. You know, I'd be happy to send that to you. We got Fearless Leader, story about Deborah. Uh, we got Maria Finds Courage. These are just some of the, the kids' books. And then we have also 25 Days of Christmas. It's a really pretty cool book. And oh, some other ones, too. But we got some devotionals, some parenting books, um, some books for men and women. And so when you donate, we'll go ahead and I will send you one of those books. It'll be like a surprise for you when you get it. You'll go, oh my gosh, this is the perfect gift for, for supporting Bible News Radio. And also for a $15 donation, uh, Fearless Prayer, I will send you this, this book here. Uh, this is a hardback book. And why we don't ask and why we should is the subtitle. Uh, some of you who have already donated this month, we're, I'm gonna, I'll, I am going to definitely get this in the mail to you as soon as I can. Um, so want to thank you for that and for being the pillars of our community here. Uh, I really, really appreciate it. Uh, the last thing I want to share with you is there is over on wallethub.com. There is an article titled 2018's State's Most Vulnerable uh, to Identity Theft and Fraud. Now, as you guys know, Legal Shield is my fish business. Basically, this is, you know, this is my, my tent making business. Let's put it that way. Um, and so this is, you know, this is why, um, this is why I do it because this issue is so rampant. Listen to this. It says here. In recent years, many Americans' personal information has become compromised by big data breaches. In 2018 alone, prominent companies like Adidas, Best Buy, Delta, Kmart, Macy's, and Sears have fallen victim to cyber criminals. According to the Identity Theft Resource Center's most recent data breach report, between January 1, 2005 and August 31, 2018, there have been 9,395 breaches. That accounts for over 1.1 billion records compromised. Just saying, if you don't have identity theft protection, you really need it. It says here, uh, it goes on to say, uh, I'm just going to go here and scroll down here. And, and look at, look at the, the, the chart. The, state, the states with the most identity theft and fraud. Now, this was just, just, this was just put out, so this is actually new info. So Nevada, where Billy Crone lives, <laughs> is the number one... Um, it's ranked number one with a total score of 72.66%, uh, well, or 72.66. Um, identity theft rank is number two after New Jersey, by the way, and fraud rank is number five after Delaware. Who would have thought that Delaware would be the number one place for fraud rank? But bottom line is um, every state, there are cyber criminals and people who are actually out there stealing uh, identity and you know, committing fraud. In fact, I have a couple of stories, but Tennessee, just to give you an idea, I live in Tennessee, the buckle of the Bible belt. We are number 26 on the list for identity theft, and we are number eight on the list for fraud. Now, I live in the Bible belt. Hello? I thought everybody around here was a Christian. Uh, apparently not. So uh, anyway, so you guys can go to wallethub.com 
uh, or I will link this over on our Bible News Radio page. You can actually go and check this list for yourself, see where your state is, and then come and sign up with me and, uh, and let me protect you with identity theft protection. It's $9.95 uh, for an individual, $9.95 for an individual every month, and we protect everything. I mean, the 65 pieces of information we're monitoring for you every single day. You get your credit uh, score every month. Uh, we track that. Plus, you get uh, up to $5 million, um, you know, five, $5 million bucks um, of, you know, protection, guaranteed up to $5 million. And Kroll, part, the Kroll is the private investigative firm that actually partners with us in order to fix anything in, in the event anything goes wrong, which, you know, is not going to happen for the most part because you're protected, <laughs> just so you know. Uh, so go to bit.ly forward slash protect me, all capitals, and learn about how you can get protected with ID Shield. Um, I'd love to get you signed up this month. Um, and I know some of you are like, you want to help me out and help me and Randall out. We are actually trying to win a trip to Mexico so we can go on a vacation for our anniversary next year. And uh, when you partner with us, one of the things that that will do is actually help us towards that goal. So if you've been kind of dragging your feet and going, oh, I'm not really sure if I want identity theft protection, uh, then don't drag your feet any longer. Just sign up today. <laughs> All right. And of course, I, Legal Shield is also very important and needed. Uh, and I can also talk to you about that. We can actually set up a call. I can tell you more if you're interested in that. Because um, you really should be, actually. Uh, you really should be interested in it because everybody's identity uh, is at risk. 1.1 billion records have been exposed. Okay, that, that is, which means your stuff has been exposed. Um, so protect yourself with ID Shield and get some Legal Shield as well. Uh, for a family, it's fifty bucks a month basically to protect your whole family up to ten kids, right? Eight kids and two parents. Uh, for an individual, if you're just a married couple and your kids are all grown, uh, it's twenty five dollars basically, and and uh, and nine ninety five each for you. It's forty five bucks a month. The best forty five bucks you're gonna you're gonna you're going to save. You're going to spend it. But there's perks which will pay for it. And they just saying, if you haven't done it yet, do it. Do it today. Call today. Contact me. Get in touch with me. Also, I got to tell you this other thing. Uh, and I didn't send this to you, Randall, but this is a, over at cleveland.com. It says, company appearing as Experian uh, takes women for $297. Okay. So listen to this. It says here, uh, question. Around July 11th, I received a letter from the Social Security Administration notifying me that an online Social Security account uh, had recently been created in my name. I didn't create an online account. I don't even own a computer. My daughter encouraged me to call the Federal Trade Commission for information and report possible identity theft. I did that. The FTC encouraged me to get a copy of my credit report from one of the credit bureaus to see whether there was any fraud or incorrect information. I asked which, which one to call. Uh, the FTC said I could call Experian and gave me the phone number. So just so you know, when you're an ID Shield member, you don't have to worry about any of that because you get alerted like that. If something is going on in your, your credit report, you're not going to be surprised. They're going to they're gonna notify you instantly, just so you know. Um, anyway, this goes on to say, I called the number on July 17th, spoke with John Rawls. I said I wanted a copy of my credit report, provided all of my personal information. 
John Rawls asked for my credit card number. He talked about a lifetime identity theft protection. I wasn't sure why. I was very confused. I gave him my Discover credit card number. I thought the credit report cost money. They don't. Just so you know, you don't ever have to pay for your credit report. A few days later, I received a packet via FedEx that supposedly was some kind of enrollment packet in this lifetime identity theft protection. Experian charged my credit card $297. I disputed the charge, got a new card from Discover. The $297 charge carried over to the new account number. I have not paid it. At Discover's suggestion, I reported this to the Seven Hills Police Department. I have the name of the sergeant I spoke with. Um, I don't want this lifetime identity theft protection. I don't want to pay $297. I only wanted a copy of my credit report at no, no, no charge. So this was a question she gave to a business person on here. And the response is, what a mess. All because you were trying to do the right thing. Initially, I contacted Experian on your behalf. I never heard of such a complaint about one of the credit bureaus. I'm not a fan of some of the credit bureau's tactics, including pushing pricey identity theft monitoring and similar services we don't want and shouldn't need as much if the bureaus handled our private date data more responsibly, but I didn't think one of them would stoop this low. Experian quickly said your call didn't go to them. The number you called was 800. Uh, anyway, I'm not going to say the whole number, but anyway, and anyway, and the bottom line was she called the wrong number. Okay. So you don't want that to happen to you. So get yourself protected. Also over on newsobserver.com, it says here, here's a penalty. Man gets 12-year prison prison term for stealing IDs and bank fraud. A suburban Chicago man has been sentenced to 12 years in prison for using identity stolen from the dark web uh, to defraud businesses of more than 600,000 bucks. Yeah. So think about that. He obtained 70 identities from the dark web, uh, and um, including an 11-year-old Idaho boy. Okay. Fortunately, he got busted, but one of the things with ID Shield we do is we monitor the dark web. Uh, so if you're covered with identity theft protection from ID Shield, you're going to get that monitored and you're not going to have to worry about it. So like I said, just get in touch with me. Let me sign you up. Like, get protected. I'm going to tell you something. The fact that I have it, I've had it now for a while, I have to tell you, I'm really thankful. Not only have I watched my credit score and where it's at, but I've been alerted numerous times in my social media, as well as, you know, when I actually applied for a credit card, I saw what happened. Um, and thank God so far, nothing else has happened. And I feel good because I don't, I don't have to worry about it. So you guys don't worry about it. Okay. Get protected. It'll be the best nine ninety five you save. You spend every month. True story. Okay. All right. So tomorrow, uh, we're going to come back here. We're going to have more news and, uh, and all that. So I hope that, uh, you can join us again tomorrow for the show. Uh, I want to thank you for joining me today and remember be bold, stand up and go with God people. Cause he loves you. All right. And we will see you tomorrow. Lord willing.